All right, and welcome, my friends, to the Rise of the Top, the uncensored, uncut, unconventional show for badass entrepreneurs just like you, sponsored by our good friends at Go to My PC. I'm David Seitman Garland. Before we get into today's special guest, that's going to teach us about so much, so much about uh, her online presence and uh, creating a physical product uh, after creating a digital following, um, working with her husband on on the same business, what that's like. A lot of things we're going to get into today, but we have an even more special guest, possibly the most special guest, joining me here for the intro and conclusion today in honor of this past weekend of Father's Day. It is Randy the Tron Garland, my father, first time ever on the Rise of Top. Hello, Dad. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. So you get one chance here to come on. Well, maybe in the future. We'll see how it goes. What do you want to say to Rise Nation. So, you know, we got everyone out there. We've got bloggers, we've got podcasters, we've got show hosts, we've got badass online entrepreneurs. They come in, they're listen, they watch. This is your chance to say hi to them. What do you have to say? Big moment. Uh, a huge moment, but uh, I want to thank them for all the wonderful support that they give you and uh, with, with the wonderful content that you give them. It's a, it's a mutually beneficial situation. And by the way, this is part of your Father's Day gift, right? You get to, you get to do the intro for the show. Absolutely. I, I, this is a, a thrill, and I've always wanted to be on the show. All right. So, all right, let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about today's episode here. Dad's going to hang out with us. Uh, so, Sheila Veers is joining me today on the show. She's the co-founder of LiveWell360. She's in the house, um, and we got some awesome topics to cover. You know, we're going to talk about how she started and grew the LiveWell360 brand, which really um, is a lifestyle, fitness lifestyle brand, and they also have this really cool fitness bag. Um, Dad, you've seen me. I've actually walked around with this bag before. It's the it's the LiveWell360 bag. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about monetizing online content and, you know, how, how you can start a blog or a web show and then make money from it, right? And a lot of times we go digital with it. But this is different because Sheila decided, you know what, I don't want to create a digital product right now. I want to go physical. I want to do a really cool, you know, awesome bag. And so we're going to talk about how did she go about creating a physical product because she didn't have any experience. You know, when she started, she, she wasn't like a manufacturer or anything like that. She didn't know what she was doing. So she tells us the do's, the don'ts, what she would tell old school Sheila if she was starting it again today, um, some of the mistakes that she made. Uh, we talk about making connections with the press, which was critical to getting the bag out there and influencers in the space. And we also talk about, and this is a fun one to talk about, Dad, um, is working with her husband. They, they are co-founders of the company, and you know that can be a little bit of an adventure, right? Absolutely. I mean, we say this right now is my significant other, Marcy, is over there, I think, making some, uh, she's making some fresh-made peanut butter over there. So, you know, working together, it's always <laughs> an adventure one way or another. Thanks, so, Marcy, for the peanut butter. Yeah, thanks, Marcy, for the peanut butter. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's a lot of what we cover today in the interview um, with LiveWell360. So we're going to get to that right now. Um, I want to let people know about, Dad, your favorite sponsor of the show, Go to My PC. Um, you know, we talk about freedom a lot of times on the show, being able to have meetings from anywhere. You know, we, we recently went on a trip to Perdido Beach, Florida, and you know what? I was trying not to work, but if I wanted to, what could I do? I could flip on, go to my PC, flip on my webcam. Next thing you know, we're having a face-to-face -face meeting with people. So uh, if you want to try it out, go to my PC, head over to go to gotomypc.com, click the Try It Free button, and then enter the promo code. Rise. There you go. That's your big contribution day. What was that promo code one more time? Rise. All right. <laughs> 
That was awesome. All right. So, and uh, and finally, you know, I'm always looking for great products for you guys and, uh, you know, things that can help you out and make your, make your life a little bit easier um, as I click on go to my PC there. Uh, and I want to tell you about Optimize Press. Uh, this is a really, really cool product. So a lot of you know I have my own online digital course to teach people how to do on, online interviews called Create Awesome Interviews. And what I realized from a lot of my internet marketing friends is that you need a really easy way to create sales pages and squeeze pages and all that kind of stuff. The best way to do it is Optimize Press. It's very, very simple to use. Check it out at therisetothetop.com slash optimize. And now here's today's interview with Sheila. All right. Well, I'm highly caffeinated. Uh, Sheila, are you caffeinated? Today? I'm a little bit, but you, one cup. Are you a cap? You're, okay, a one cup person. So, yeah. Sheila Veers joining me today, Live Well 360. And I got to tell you this I got an apology and then I have to show you something. So, first of all, Sheila, got the actual, <laughs> there's the bag yeah. right here. I, got, I, I have the bag right here from Live Well 360. And I have to apologize, Sheila. Here's what I have to apologize for. Um, so, you're a fitness person, right? You're big into what's, what's, your, what's your fitness of choice? Um, I like circuits, like I like doing circuits, and I like running on the beach. Okay, so running on the beach, anything you do. You, and you're friends with my trainers, right, Rob and Kim, my good friends, Rob and Kim Murgatroyd. And they have me doing something, this is why I have to apologize, very weird, right, not weird, but weird, uh, right now, and that is that I cycle food sometimes, right? So like mm -hmm. I'll have higher carb days and lower carb days every couple weeks. And what happens is when I have a lower carb day, which would be the last few days before our conversation here, I'm like this. I can't, <laughs> I can't even move. Like I, I'm a little, I'm a little awkward. Okay. Yeah, I've been there. Then it comes back to me, like I'm at right now, and mm -hmm. I, there's gonna, be, I'm gonna have all kinds of trouble shutting up today. So I wanted to apologize because I am like higher than a kite, but not on drugs. That you is. Know? That makes it fun, so I'm ready. All right, very cool. So I thought a cool thing to just to, to talk with. There's a lot of things to talk about here, um, but tell us a little bit about the brand and business because this, this is interesting because I don't know how you do this. I see you everywhere. I see you everywhere, but let's start with kind of the idea behind Live Well 360. Yeah, so originally it started as a blog. My husband and I, oh. Ryan, my husband, we have been involved in health and fitness for a long time, and we both have lost a lot of weight. And he's actually lost 80 pounds, and I've lost 35 pounds. Wow. And we learned Together over 100, 110 pounds. Uh, uh, that's a person there, you know? It is. It is. And, you know, like we just wanted to share that. And so then as we were kind of, you know, going down that path and building this community at Live Well 360, we realized we, we had more to offer. We wanted to offer more. More. And we started brainstorming on what that would be. And we realized that we had a lot of really crappy gym bags, bags where, right. you know, your shoes are up against your clean clothes on the inside or your jewelry or, you know, different things that are valuable end up in a big knot in the bottom corner. And we had all these ideas of how to create this ultimate fitness bag. And then, you know, eventually this line of fitness and yoga bags that were better than any that we had ever found out on the market. And so, that's where we started. We we began researching and then we, you know, found our manufacturer, we created prototypes and we started with the core back in May of 2010 and then extended the line to three different bags from there. So now we have two other bags that are yoga specific and, you know, we have kind of like a small, medium, large and each bag has its own unique 
purpose. So, you know, you have like a small bag that you can use for quick trips to the gym and hiking and things like that. Then the medium bag, which is the core, which is very, you know, gym specific when you want to bring your shoes and sweaty clothes and stick them like in a separate compartment and keep them separate from everything else. And then the Lux is the like yoga, like bring everything that you possibly have um, to both yoga, the gym, and also like if you're going on a weekend getaway, that's a great bag as well. All right, very cool. All right, so a lot of shiznit to talk about here. Let's go. Let's go back old school style here. Uh, what? First of all, just give us a little context. When did the blog actually start? Back in um, June of two thousand eight. Okay, so June two thousand eight. Which, by the way, I know is part of the magical year. You it know, is the magical I month is October two thousand eight. We've realized that more guests than that, including the rise to top, so started on October two thousand eight. But the year in general, I don't know what's up with two thousand eight, but. Uh we started, and then in October, like right around there, was when we read the four the four hour work week, and that was what really inspired the idea of like building a company. Right. So, okay, Tim Ferriss style. So, all right. So let's let's talk about this. At the time, you come up with this idea for this blog. You just want to share what fitness and 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 health type things. Were you guys working? What what else were you doing, kind of on the side at that time? Because I've noticed that people kind of because you realize, based on what you told me earlier, you didn't have this big business thought yet, right? So my guess would be that you were doing something else at the time. What else were you doing? We both worked in the corporate world, actually. Ah. We were, you know, I actually had just gotten a promotion, um, and we were literally two offices away from each other, and within the same company. And we both just felt really unfulfilled. We had kind of reached the, the top of where we could go within our, our you know, roles, and we decided that we were ready for something else. And so, within six months of each other, we actually negotiated ourselves out of position and got got ourselves um, sort of in this layoff that was happening, so that we could hmm. leave and then you know create what it was that we were more inspired by doing. And I, I don't think we really had an idea of what that was going to be at that time. We were both kind of like, well, you know, we're really pumped up about all this weight that we've lost. And we've finally gotten to our goals, and we have so much to share. So we'll kind of start there. Interesting. So so you guys would be more of People fall into two different categories, what I, what I say. Well, many more categories than that. But two main ones when it comes to entrepreneurs when starting something, right? There's the people that start and then they go all in, right? So they, they, that's it. Like this has to be the focus. I'm, we're going for it. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, but we're going. The other side is sort of the dabble. Right, mm -hmm. which would be, and there's nothing wrong with that one. I mean, we've had many people that kind of do a side hustle, right? They're like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this on the side. I'm gonna build it till I get a certain amount of revenue or whatever that benchmark is, and then I'm gonna quit doing whatever else I'm doing. It sounds like you're in more category one, for the most We're part, or was it kind of a blend? Yeah, like we started and like in the beginning it was kind of like, well, we weren't really sure if this is going to be like our focus or not at first. And then when we got with the bags, you know, we got focused on creating the line of bags, we were all in. And then Ryan also still works in the corporate world now. So we're still sort of like have one foot in that because of the, you know, it's like right now with inventory and things like that, it's really cash intensive. So Right, so, so you're kind of in both categories, if you will. All right, yeah. so back to the blog. This is, this is interesting because I actually had no idea. I should do less research before conversations because yeah. I, feel like I, feel, I feel like it makes more, more sense, you know? So you, you start this blog. Um, 
how did it grow and how did you get into the idea like how long between blog and product and tell us a little bit about kind of that route because you know a lot of people do that different ways a lot of people make a digital product a lot of people never make a product they go after advertising a lot of people just do a blog for fun I I'm very curious to see how the blog grew number one and then how you decided on going the gym bag route yeah so the blog grew um, so it started in June of 2008 the first bag was released in May of 2010 okay and um, the blog grew organically so it was just kind of like through different people that we met along the way you know I we would make friends we were on Twitter like fairly at the beginning and so we made a lot of friends when Twitter was kind of small and or smaller and um, you know, reached out to different health and fitness bloggers that, you know, we just kind of became friends with people and then they wanted to help us spread the word. And the bag, the first bag actually took us a year and a half, between a year and a half to two years to create the prototype and then get it actually, you know, in stock so that we could ship it out. And we had planned on that only taking about a year. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you learn as you go. And we, we just continued to build the community and just reach out to people and you know, just genuinely be interested in what other people are doing and then they became interested in what we were doing. And so it just, you know, it wasn't like we had this specific intent of like, you know, I need to get in, in with that person or this person or that person. It was just people like I just, you know, would talk to people that I found interesting and many times it would end up leading to a relationship or friendship. All right, a couple of interesting questions here. Number one, if you, if you restarted today, and let's say you're starting that blog from scratch and you had the idea for the bag or you had something like that, would you, would you coincidely, that's not a word, <laughs> could you, would, you, would you at the same time uh, ha have a blog and product um, like that would launch at similar times or do you think that your path, did you really think that that was the right way to do it or, or the way that you do it quote unquote again, meaning that you had, you built for a couple years, you, you spent a lot of time developing it and then you released it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's a right way to do it. I think it could work either way. I think for us, you know, the benefit was that we were building our community and like the trust and like our tribe was kind of there before we even had the product. And then when we launched the product, they were like so supportive and so interested in helping us. And so that was really helpful in, in really, you know, getting out there very quickly. Like that was a big part of our launch was you know, we had a lot of healthy living bloggers talking about us. We had um, reviews in um, magazines before, you know, within the first six months. And that was just all due to kind of having this foundation beforehand. Now, now let's let's talk about that when you when you decided, okay, it's time to release it. And like you felt like the tribe was big enough or tight enough or whatever enough that you realized that it was now is the time, right? Like, for example, uh, my, you, you know, Social Media Examiner? right, Michael Stelzner and those guys. So he had this random, very metric-based thing. He's like, we're going to have, now I'm making up what the number was, 10,000. I have to go check back out. It's an old interview with him. He said something like, I want to have 10,000. This was my goal. I wanted to have 10,000 email subscribers, okay? Mm -hmm. And he said, once I had 10,000 email subscribers, I wanted to launch our first product, which in their case was an online event series that they did, and, but, but 10,000 was like his magic number, and he wanted to hit there, and, and he's like, then we basically turned on the monetization, if you will, right? Uh, for you, what was that a case? Was it a feeling thing? Was it like, God, I, I just want to do something, it's that time now? Like, what, what, tell us a little bit about your philosophy of when and, or why you turned on the monetization and decided to go for it when you did. 
Yeah, I mean, we just, yeah, it wasn't really about that. It was more so like we just have so much more to offer. And, you know, with our backgrounds, like I'm really passionate about design and things like that. And we just felt like there was a need there for people who are really serious about fitness like we are that want quality gear, you know, and gear that's going to last a long time but look stylish and be really functional. And, you know, we just, I don't know, it was just really a desire to, like, help other people like us that want to make this whole lifestyle easier. Right, so it was less of a metric. It wasn't like, okay, yeah. you know what, we hit this magic number, we want to go for it. Now, the biggest struggle that I see other people have um, that are in the online, you could call it media space, business space, different things like this, where it, it requires a tribe, as yeah. you say, right? It, requ it requires a group of people that trust you and want to buy and, and read or listen or watch, depending on whatever the thing is that you do, just like we have here. Um, yeah. People struggle with this more than anything is building that tribe. You know, they, they really struggle with it, right? And you mentioned before kind of uh, you got out there, you got to know people, you probably went to a lot of events. You know, I remember things that I used to do like just crazy stuff like throw event series here or just whatever it might be. Can you point out any key things that you could maybe share with people that are looking to do that that were, were some of the key aspects of it, whether it was responding to every email or whatever, whatever your personal secret sauce was that sort of made sure that you built this tight and were continually doing it because that's where people, where people struggle. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, people talk a lot about being authentic. And I think that that's a big part of it. It's just being yourself. You know, it sounds cliche, just be authentic, you know, be transparent. But, you know, I think that the reason why people wanted to help us is because they knew that, you know, it was just me and Ryan and, you know, our small team. And we're just interested in really helping people. And, you know, we don't really have some big, like, ulterior agenda or motive or anything other than, like, we just really care. And we wanted to make this really awesome line of bags that we think people will really, really like. And so, you know, I think just getting out there, talking to people, being open, being imperfect, you know, and being okay with that, I think is part of what makes people like trust you more because they realize that you're a human being and you're not like, you know, just trying to sell them something. Right, like a robot. You don't want that. You don't want the selling robot. Like, for example, like I'm looking at your site here on my other computer. That's why it looks like I'm not paying attention to you, but I'm looking at the other computer here. And, you know, I see Oxygen, I see Shape Magazine, and I see a lot of different things, and a lot of different, obviously, online media sources, tons of them, right? What, was this a case of, you know, for example, Tim Ferriss, someone you men mentioned earlier. Obviously, you're a fan of Tim. I'm a fan of Tim. We're all a fan of Tim. Um, what he had the four-hour work week, and when he was building his community, what he did was he went to Blog World. Right, this was the case of I believe it was specifically Blog World that he went to, and and he he like pre-charted out the people he wanted to meet. It wasn't necessarily an inauthentic way; it was a very systemized way. But he he knew where people were, and then he went out there to meet them face to face in person, and that's how he built relationships. Okay, for yeah. you, what was that kind of what you were doing? I mean, like when you when you when I see these different media hits and and people that are supporting you and and things like this, because it's just unbelievable for for you know a husband wife team to have all this kind of press that I guarantee you a lot of big companies would murder people for literally murder like strew bodies on the street. Um, <laughs> were you out at events? Were you were you cold emailing people? Were you on Twitter searching for people out? Like how did you start to form those specifically? How did you start to form some of those relationships? Many of them were through um, Twitter and then just like cold emails that I would send to like editors uh, at magazines um, and then building relationships through Twitter and then many of those relationships helped connect us with other people um, like involved in health and fitness 
that were influencers. And so, um, and then also like with healthy living blogs, that's like such a huge community of like tight knit, you know, girls right, right. and women and stuff. So those were a lot of times I would just build relationships with them through their blogs. And, um, so yes, I, I went to events and, but for the most, most of the big magazine things, that was more so just like cold emails where I just, you know, I was able to just explain what we had and, and explain why it was a good fit for the magazine. And then I ended up getting a response back. Very cool. So, so that makes sense on PR. And I remember now I'm thinking like, I, I'm pretty sure you randomly reached out to me at some point. Uh, yeah. So I, now I feel like I, I, I'm a victim in a good way. I mean, in a positive, <laughs> positive sense of this, meaning obviously one thing here, and this is a very simple thing that enough people don't do. You got off your butt and started actually cold emailing and, and reaching out to people. Now on Twitter, it's a little, it's interesting. And it's, especially back then, Twitter was a little bit different. It's a little different now than, yeah. it, than it was back then. Um, I see a trouble sometimes on there where people that will reach out and then ask for something immediately on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. Like they'll say like, or, or they'll do a small favor for you and then ask for something right away, right? Yeah. Without any time passing. So for example, they'll, they'll retweet, let's just say they retweeted your, lo your latest blog post or something like that. And then within six seconds, you're going to direct message or another one be like, hey, can you vote for me in this contest or can you share this thing, right? And I yeah. get it. I understand what they're doing. I, but the, to me, that is that is a turnoff, right? Like, like, it's like, I see what happened there. You know, how did you not fall into that category when you're reaching out to people? Like, did you just introduce yourself? Did you just say hi? Did you comment on blogs? Like, what did you do with like kind of the influencers, not the media sources, but the influencers and the, and the people that you got to meet? Did you do anything specific other than just say hi or what, what did you do? Most of the time it was like responding, like on Twitter specifically, it was responding to something that they said, um, you know, offering like either an article that I wrote that was like similar or like my perspective that was like a take on whatever that they were saying that maybe offered like a different perspective than what they were saying. So it kind of like got them thinking and then just sort of building a conversation from there. Um, and then I'm just thinking of one case. Um, in particular, which was a, an editor for a fitness magazine. That was kind of part of how it started. And Tell then us I a story. Tell us a story, Sheila. We'll, I'll sit so back, get a water was, here. It was for Experience Life magazine. And I, I never, like, honestly, when I do this kind of stuff, I don't really have, like, an agenda. I mm -hmm. just feel like, oh, you know, they seem like they, it makes sense for us to, like, be communicating in some way because their message is very similar to our message. Like, beyond just the bags we are very much about telling people that fitness is something that you get to do, not something that you have to do. And that's like a lot of what they talk about in their magazine. And so then um, the Ryan actually was on Twitter and he saw the um, fitness editor talking about something where I had something that I could have, you know, kind of chimed in and like entered the conversation. I forget what it was really about. Let's and pretend so their article was said yoga sucks. And then you came in and you're like, no, it doesn't. No, I was, it was something like, um, I forget what they were talking about. Like, I think it might've been like foam rolling. And, and then, so then I talked, I said something about like, oh yeah, we have an article on foam rolling and it's really important and something, you know, and just kind of started a conversation there. Ah. And then from there, I, I don't remember if I said like check out our bags or, Hey, I think they might be a good fit for your magazine or who would be the person to talk to or something like that. Like a few tweets later, I ended up, you know, having that sort of like the conversation went in that direction and she was like so nice and so sweet and um had me email her some information and then she connected me to the person who 
actually handled it and then we ended up having to send them a bag and they photographed it and then it takes like four or five months to actually get into the magazine but that one tweet led to us selling out of all the inventory that we had at the beginning of wow. the year and because they their people are our people you know it was just such a good fit and so we blew through everything you know that we had and which was a good thing you know it's in retrospect it's like it's a good thing but then you have more people coming that want to buy that aren't you know able to and so we kind of had to deal with that at that time but it was you know from one tweet just from being me having a conversation with someone that I was genuinely interested in so in the case of you know a lot of people say that one of the struggles sometimes with PR and which would this would be in this case would be you know getting into a media source is that mm -hmm. people are like oh you know it might help your business it might not or you might not be able to measure it you might not you know but you're saying that from that article you could see bags moving bags are flying out the doors yeah, yeah because in our shopping cart we have it like a mandatory thing for them to tell us where they heard uh, about it and so that we can tell where people are coming from and so for that has that been the number one source besides your your tribe personally has been PR sort of in, in those type of things been the number one source of uh, bags sold if you will Definitely. The magazine features have definitely been the number two. All right. Interesting. All right. So I want to talk about two things here. Two topics I think are going to be interesting. Number one is the bag itself. We've got to talk a little bit about, we're not going to have a boring manufacturing conversation. We've got to talk a little bit about that. And also I want to know about what it's like to work as a husband-wife team um, and whether you guys have killed each other yet because we don't see Ryan on camera today. So maybe he's dead. Uh, not that he's planning on it. And who's also a former goaltender, correct? Yeah. Well, he's still played. Still played. Okay, so all right. Before we get into that, I want to talk about this in the in the in the least boring way possible. Um, the tr the people sometimes struggle, obviously, with a physical product. Okay, it's a little bit different. People struggle with digital products too, whatever the product is. Um, but physical product, I mean, you got to have a manufacturer and you got to do design. You said you're a design junkie, so you're gonna care a lot about what it looks like. Um, and it took a year and a half. I mean, that to me sounds from someone that hasn't done a physical product like wow that's like a while right so can you tell us just a little bit about that I mean whether whether where did you even get started when you said okay we're gonna do the bag what, what did you do first to, to get this thing out there we actually hired a designer to draw up like a schematic of what the bag looked like and you know that was at the very very beginning when we were very very new and we didn't realize that like the schematic didn't transfer into like someone being able to look at that and like actually create that bag we needed like you know um, technical drawings and so that's kind of what took us some time because they had a, the manufacturer had a lot of trouble figuring out how to make the bag that we you know the core bag that we wanted to have designed so you know we had a few few like prototypes the first few just were not getting it like you know dead on and so we ended up um, hiring someone through Elance to create the technical drawings for us, which again was another one of those turning points because he, we were working with a different manufacturer originally and it just wasn't really a good fit for us anyways and he ended up introducing us to our now manufacturer. So again, without that relationship, we wouldn't have what we have now, which is great. We love the manufacturer. It like, makes it very easy when you have that kind of a relationship. Um, and so from there, it you know, just evolved through us um, doing the research and studying like all kinds of different bags. Like we studied fitness bags, we studied um, messenger bags, we studied golf bags, and mm -hmm. we just kind of like took all of these different parts and pieces and put them into what we felt would be like the ultimate bag for the the core. And then we also wanted to create bags for yoga mats too, because 
a lot of people, like, I'm, I don't know how familiar you are with yoga mats and no, stuff. No, I know, and they stick out, and it's weird, they and people do, are carrying, yeah. I always see them around town, I see people schlepping their, their mats right. under the arm over the thing, you know, dragging, right. it, dragging it like a dog, I don't know. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, so we're just like, you know, like, we have, you know, we have to create something for the yoga community, too, and so that was kind of, like, how it all kind of transitioned. And was it was it a case also, you mentioned you had this inventory and things like that, right? Different than, say, a digital product, right? If I have a digital product and I'm going to put it up and you buy it online and it's something like that, whatever it might be, um, there's no risk really, right, from my end too much uh, other than time and effort to put it together, design, things like that. Sure, of course. But meaning if someone doesn't buy, I don't have a warehouse full of uh, digital courses, <laughs> right, sitting, sitting there somewhere. For you, was there, was there that type of risk? Did you have to say, okay, we had to start out with a minimum of, you know, 50, 500, five, some, some kind of number that you had to start with where you had the classic entrepreneurial risky story that we hear about all the time with like your garage full of stuff. Did that happen? Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> yeah. did. I mean, it was like originally starting out, we had to place a minimum order. And actually, that was a smaller minimum order than what is typically required. We were able to negotiate it down. What, so, what, was, the, what was the minimum? 500 is okay. what we started with. 500. And so, you know, we had 500 bags coming. We had to figure out a place to put them. We had to, you know, figure out, like, actually have a plan of, okay, how are we going to get these out there and at least kind of have a rough idea of how we plan to sell through them. And so, you know, we did a lot of different things like outreach, and we even tried some different things that, you know, they worked to get us out there. But, um, like, there, for example, there is a company called Open Sky, and so we worked with them originally to sell through, it's kind of like a Groupon, but it's led by, you know, people who are influencers in their field and they give you like special deals. And it was good, but, um, and it helped us to get more bags out there, but it wasn't really to um, the right crowd, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we, we got a lot of bags sold, but, you know, looking back, we probably wouldn't do it again. Okay, interesting. Now, actually, that brings up a great point. Um, something that I think is always fun is, so we're going to have a subset of, of listeners, watchers of Rise Nation that want to manufacture something, right? No matter what we have on the show, any, anything we have, <laughs> anybody we have on, there's always going to be a subset because everyone's an entrepreneur that wants to do something similar in their own way or whatever it might be. So let's assume it's not, someone's not going to do Live Well 361, uh, but let's assume that they're going to do, you know, their own type of brand manufacturing. What would be a few of the rookie mistakes that you either did yourself <laughs> or caught yourself before you did them that you would share with someone that was looking to get into this and just be like, whatever you do, make sure not to do blank. I think the biggest one is just expect everything to cost twice as much as you originally think it's going to. Like everything from, you know, the the manufacturing of the bags, because it's not just the manufacturing, it's, you know, you have to pay for like customs and everything, you have to pay for shipping to get it over here. Um, just all kinds of things like that, that like the little extra costs that add up. And then another thing was trademarking. That cost us a lot more money because we ended up having to um, go up against, you know, someone who was two actually for our, the swirl and for our name. There was just different things that ended up costing us a lot more to have to get it through than we originally had planned on. Um, and then number three was fulfillment. We ended up going to fulfillment too soon because we didn't have a place to put all of these bags. At that time, we could have probably figured out a different way to do it, but it just 
sucked a lot of cash because we were paying, you know, the company to warehouse them and, and they just weren't going out as quickly as we had originally thought that they would sell. So first but, one is do your budget cheat or whatever, then multiply it by two I and then see. add $50 yeah. just for fun. Uh, then uh, n number two um, is uh, – what was number two again? Uh, how did I blank on number two? This is what happened um, with coffee. That was the <laughs> trademarking. Oh, yeah. Trademarking is going to cost you a buttload of money. Now, number three, explain that one one more time about the fulfillment. So you're saying that you should have a, a place in, in – what, what were you so, – explain that one more time. If you can, do the fulfillment yourself just to start. And that actually – you ship it. You, you do all that stuff? Okay. Yeah. Handle that. I mean it's a, it's a lot of work, but at the same time, you have more control. You actually – you get to learn more about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, we were shipping in boxes and then we switched over to these recyclable bags, which is actually a better fit, but we only figured that out by doing the fulfillment ourselves, you know, after we went to the fulfillment company too early. But when we originally went to mm -hmm. them, there's a lot of fees for them to, to hold your inventory and um, stuff that goes in addition to actually shipping it. So if you're not shipping it quickly, you know, if you're not going through your... Um, your inventory fast, it can kind of just take a lot of cash that you could be using for other things. All right, got it. And, and what about some, some quickly, it doesn't have to be three of them, um, a do, right? So we have the rookie mistakes, right? Don't do this. <laughs> but, but what were some things that maybe to make sure to do that you did right or you figured out like, okay, if I do it again, this is definitely something I got to make sure that I do? I would say, um, number one, doing that, the outreach to the press and not being scared to email people, you know, and just be yourself and just let them know that you're small and just let them know that, you know, you have this great product that you think they would be a great fit for their community and, you know, you'd love to share it with them. Um, and then doing, like, uh, strategic giveaways on different influential blogs. That was really helpful, too, in getting out, you know, to a number of people um, through someone that they trust. And so if they're talking about our product, then they trust our product because that person trusted it. So is that just a case of kind of reaching out to top bloggers in the space and saying, hey, listen, got this bag, would kind of love to send it to you, and, and, and you know, if you like it, you can give it away, or we can do a giveaway or something like that. Was it pretty yeah. much, I mean, that sounds good to me. I'd probably do that for a lot of people. You know? Yeah, that, that, and, but it's, it's really important to know who your, your, your um, core customers are, like who it is that you actually want to be selling to and make sure that that person actually has those people in their community. Okay. Got it. So, so the key ones here are um, making sure you know who the person is and then a basically trying to do some strategic giveaways with influencers and then the, and the first one you said was don't be afraid to email the crap out of the press nicely um, and, and, and yeah and, and, and don't pretend that you're the conglomerate with 600 people and whatever right. embrace your smallness right yes exactly because people like that they like that like they want to help the underdog you know they want to help somebody to become successful they want to be a part of that and be able to say one day I hope that person, you know. Yeah, I've noticed that, and, and that's it's very contrary to a lot of bad advice that's out there of people saying, "Oh, you got to look really big and look like you have these different things." And I personally love it when someone just emails me and it's just like, you know, "Hey, here's me, and this is what I do," and you know, I think it adds a nice touch to it for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We're just two people, you know. It's like at the end of the day, we're just two people talking about you know things that we both care about. Perfect segue into our final mini topic here, Sheila. Before we let you go. Um, Working with the husband, two people, both alive, yes, has to be an experience, right? I've I've seen it done 
oftentimes tell tell us tell us enlighten us a little bit about how this works and how you guys work together and have you tried to kill each other uh any any insights for the uh the husband wife duo here yeah well we haven't tried to kill each other yet well, that's good but still we, time so i think that the reason why it works really well is because we are very different in the sense that i'm more of the design big picture and he's more of the like analytical like micro detail kind of thing and so we kind of complement each other well and we can also keep each other on track when one of us goes off in one direction kind of too far and then we're like, whoa, whoa, pull back, you know, and kind of refocus on where we need to go. Um, and I do think like with a husband and wife team, it's really important. This is something that we've actually learned by trial and error too, is that you can get too focused on your business because you are so passionate mm. about making it a success and you are so passionate about, you know, doing what it takes to, you know, get out there and, and kind of do what you need to do in, in your part of this team. And so you have to take those times where you, you know, go on vacation together and don't talk about the business or you turn off the computer, you know, at whatever time every night and like for at least one day on the weekends and you don't, you know, spend all of your communication between each other on the business. So you definitely, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like a, a true balance because like in the beginning years there there is a lot of focus on it but if it's something that you're both passionate about that helps obviously and then you know just making sure that you do have that off time too where you actually are like husband and wife only right and and do you guys have to kind of manually do that and what i mean by that is just say like here's our kind of quote unquote rules you know where you're like okay you know saturday not or saturday i don't give a crap if the factory burns down. Okay? <laughs> we're not. We're not checking email. We're not doing that. We're gonna have just our time. Do you, do you, do you have it like a set in stone? Is that? Yeah, we do. We have to. Otherwise, we, there's always more to do. There's always something else on the list, and so you really just have to stick to those rules. Yeah, and it's funny how you mentioned this, and I, I totally agree with this too. From what I've seen, um, and also knowing my wife, we don't necessarily work together, but you know, we spend a, a huge amount of time together, and I, I've, it's been interesting that. You know, I was asking someone once about advice on a business partner. Like, what would they say to someone that wants a business partner? What are the pitfalls of business partnerships and things like that? And the biggest issue that he talked about was people that don't complement each other, right? Like they're friends or, or whatever, but they don't complement. Like they're both the design people. They're both the big picture people. They're both the detail people, right? But yeah. what I've noticed is, and, and, and I'd be interested to hear this in the comments from people, is that a lot of people that are married in successful marriages it's already a compliment. That's why it works. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like where it's like, you know, I'd be like, for example, I'm, I'm definitely like the, the dreamer, entrepreneur, crazy person, you know, who trusts everyone. They call my, Marcy calls me trusty locks. Right. <laughs> and then she's more the skeptical. Do you know what I mean? She's not, you know, we, I call her skeptomars. Right. And we, we, we compliment in that way. And it's interesting that when I see a lot of successful people working together in business or husband and wife or, you know, uh, or, or partners, whatever it might be, they it, though that's the key th that's one of the key things is that is that ability to be complimentary and not just do it because hey we're husband and wife you know yeah yeah because then you have both angles covered you know and there's if it, both of you are kind of the big picture people then there's nobody to be like hey we need to like you know balance this books and <laughs> do the quick books and stuff that i have no interest in doing but he's really good at you know so it's like but then there are things that i'm really good at that that he's not so much so it's like it's just a really good fit all right, I love it. All right, so first of all, I gotta hold up the bag. Let me get it one more time here. I got my my sexy bag. This, by the way, I use this. Uh, one of my main r things I use it for is for trips. 
So, like, when I don't want to take my wheelie case and stuff like that, and I want to have just something that's, that's kind of cool, I love this for, like, road trips and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, first of all, uh, the website is, I want to make sure I get it right, because that would be really stupid if I don't, um, is livewell360, the number 360.com. Uh, first of all, Sheila, thank you for coming on today. Second of all, final question, what, what's up next for you guys? What, what, what can we expect to see? What's on, what's on your plate? What are you pumped up about? Well, we're just, we're focused on going into retail now. So we're, you know, talking with lots of different yoga studios and gyms and things like that. And that's really the next step for Live Well 360. And, you know, from there, who knows? I mean, we're just really, you know, focused on getting our bags out there and, and helping more people to, like, make this whole lifestyle of health and fitness more fun. Nice. So uh, first retail, then world domination. So, so sounds good to me. Uh, is livewealth360.com where we want to send people? Any other links you want to give out? Now is your uh, shameless plug time for anything you want to send people to. Yeah, actually, I was going to say that for anybody who's interested in buying one of the bags, if they buy them um, within the next three days from when the interview goes up, that we offer them a copy of our healthy eating um, comfort food. It's our healthy comfort food cookbook called Eat Well 360. As like sort of a little extra, so if they just put in that they heard about us from David, then they they would get a copy of that. All right, kids. So you know what to do. Say you've heard it from Uncle David and, and the rise to the top, and and get that bag. Uh, it's a good one. And Sheila, good luck with everything. I know you're gonna rock it. Thanks so much. All right. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview with Sheila, my my co-host today, Randy Garland. My dad, what do you have? What do you have to say as we wrap it up here today? Another uh, episode of the Rise to the Top is in the books. Great episode. Thanks for having me. It's a, a dream come true to be on the show. All right. And you're going to have to give that promo code one more time here in a second. I want to remind people of a few, a few cool links. Um, LiveWell360.com. That is Sheila's website. Um, so you can check that out. It's LiveWell360.com. I mentioned Optimized Press, which I had up on the screen a second ago. Uh, you can check that out at TheRiseToTheTop.com slash Optimize. Very easy way to create squeeze pages and sales pages and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course... Go to my PC. That is our sponsor of the show. Easiest way to have face-to-face meetings on the internet. Turn on your webcam. Boot up the software. That's all you really have to do. 45-day free trial just for Rise Nation. Head over to gotomypc.com. Click the Try It Free button and enter the promo code, Dad. Rise. All right. That's it. I'll see you next time. I'm David Seitman Garland. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. And make sure to subscribe to The Rise to Top at therisetop.com slash V-I-P. Peace.